Good day, good evening, and good morning wherever you may be. And this is the Biz Analyst Moment with Adam Hessler from Being a Biz Analyst. And welcome. Now let's dive into those moments. Hi folks, this is Adam Hessler from Being a Biz Analyst and welcome to the last week of June where we are still pushing for that 175 plays for the whole month. It's going to be a great goal and when we crush it by the end of this week, we are going to be flying into July for a great July. Haven't figured out what the goal will be next but I will let you know in either the next episode or the first one in July. So what we're doing this episode is that we're going to explore all the different things that we covered this month. Uh, Sorry, in the next two episodes, we're going to talk about all the different things that we covered this month. So we'll cover the first two weeks in this episode, and then we'll cover the last two weeks in the next episode. So in the first two weeks, what did we do? So if you're not familiar, the first two weeks have two different themes to them. The first week always has a theme of biz analyst moments, the Babok talk. So the Babok talk dives into concepts from the Babok, which is the business analysis body of knowledge. If you're not familiar, it is the book which describes how business analysis can be done and people who use those tasks are considered to be business analysts. Excuse me. So then the second week of every month dives into lead with soft skills, not hard skills, where we talk about how to actually use soft skills as a way to reach out and build relationships with people and really be that stellar BA rather than trying to lead with the hard skills or the very greedy approach, I would say. And I'll dive into more about what I mean by those two, that sort of comparison there in a bit with an example from what we talked about this month. So the first week, what we were talking about was a comparison of functional versus non-functional requirements. So what I want to dive into here in this retrospective is not fully reviewing everything that we talked about in those episodes, because obviously um, it would be beneficial to you to go back and listen to those episodes and really understand what that value is that you can take away from those episodes to then implement in, (laughs) in your own career. But the purpose of the retrospectives episodes is to make sure that everybody really understands what the bottom line was that I was trying to help you understand or what is the 
the key takeaway, the value of the, of the episodes, the core value. And so exploring functional versus functional, non-functional requirements, it's great to know the definitions and be able to identify what is a functional versus a non-functional requirement. But at the end of the day, what I really wanted you to take away was an understanding that functional requirements are like the bare minimum requirements to make sure that the product actually functions. The non-functional requirements are all of those frills that make it usually, at least from the user perspective, very user intuitive. So I'll give you an example. Way back when I was in, in high school, uh, we actually, let's see, uh, yeah, well, I guess, no, it would have been sooner than that, but in high school, I actually took an interest in my family's own, my family owning a computer because we actually got our first computer when I got into about grade eight, grade seven, grade eight, uh, around that time. So for some of you, that would be high school. For me, it was not. It's still elementary, elementary school. And the thing about all the computers back then is they were not really all that intuitive. So it was not intuitive for you to know how to use the computer you really did have to pull out the manual and understand what the different steps were to find something. Of course, now we're all very adapted to how computers work and how to find what we need on the computer. But what was interesting for me was the comparison of, I used to own a Microsoft-based computer and then I moved to a Mac from my undergraduate degree and then moving on to my graduate degree I bought my first MacBook Pro and the difference was like night and day and it had nothing really to do with the functional aspect of it I mean certainly it works a little bit different but I mean a computer is a computer more or less but what it had to do with was the non-functional requirements so using a MacBook Pro was very intuitive. It wasn't like I felt like I needed to pull out a manual, even to find something deep within the settings. I almost felt like I just, I knew where to go. And this is what I really want you guys to take away from that episode on functional versus non-functional requirements is that idea that the functional is what gets the thing to work so that you can actually produce the value that you're trying to produce, which is an actual functional solution. And the non-functional requirements are what provide the value of usability, um, intuitiveness and usability, whether or not it looks good. Um, that whole user and customer experience is really under that umbrella of non-functional requirements and it could be things also that we don't see or experience like security and the size of the database or 
the size of the servers that they're being used to make sure that the application runs properly. In the second week, what we covered was open-ended versus closed-ending questions. So I said I'd circle back to this idea that this is the episode, these are the episodes on lead with soft skills, not hard skills. So sometimes we'll explore a comparison of a true hard skill like software or a development language or something else similar where it really is an actual hard skill. But sometimes we're going to run into situations where we explore a comparison of something like what we did this month, which was comparing open-ended questions, which I consider very, um, very much a soft skill because it's got that more artistic aspect to it in that you can't just ask the questions, but you need to know how to ask them so that you can be effective at asking them and getting the information that you really need out of that person. And there's a whole rapport building that needs to happen before you can even ask those types of questions. Whereas the hard skills, the hard skill that I was comparing to, which is what I call closed-ended questions, are really kind of, at least in a work environment, especially if somebody walks up to you and asks a closed-ended question, it seems very greedy almost. Um, and kind of, depending on how they ask it, it can feel very heartless and very non, um, non-friendly almost. Because really what they're looking for is just a yes or no answer, true or false, or maybe they're just looking for a specific piece of data. Now, there's nothing wrong with closed-ended questions, and I did explore certain examples where you want to use open-ended questions versus closed-ended questions. And secondly, closed-ended questions can actually be how would I put it um actually better in certain situations and so I explored all of that in those episodes so you'll want to go back to those episodes if you didn't listen to them already or you might want to go back to them and explore them again as really that's a part of what these retrospective episodes are all about is helping you understand what was the value that I have provided in all these episodes from the past month? And which ones might you want to go back and listen to again to make sure that you really understood the value that was gained from those episodes? And so the bottom line from those episodes was I wanted you to understand that opening yourself up to actually trying to build a relationship with somebody before you ask them to give you really rich and deep information that's going to force them, kind of, I don't like the word force, but um, is going to get them to dig deep into what their thoughts, opinions, perspectives are, and also dig deep into what they're emotionally feeling about a certain situation. 
So that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining me. And if you could, I'd really appreciate it if you could share this episode with your friends that might not have heard of this particular podcast who might also be trying to move their careers forward. Thanks very much and have an amazing day. Hi folks, this is Adam. Just a little plug for the course that I have available right now, which is entirely free financially. We're doing an exchange for feedback and testimonials so that I can iterate on the course with each new student that comes through, moving closer and closer to an actual fully deployed or implemented solution of an online course that can be taken by students at any time. The way that we run the course is you meet with me every week. Ideally, we're trying to bring in groups of three to five at a time. And then once you've met with me, you'll have understood what the content is that you're gonna cover that week and the homework for that week. Then we meet back up in the next week and we go over what you learned and, and then repeat the process. You also get opportunities to ask me anything that you want about business analysis, project professionals in general, um, and we're not discriminating just because the company is called Being a Business Analyst. We do not discriminate against people who might want to be moved towards a different project profession, meaning that maybe you're more interested in product management or project management product ownership and so on and so forth. There's so many different roles and responsibilities and positions out there now. It's hard to even name all. Um, We are, so (laughs) to get the bottom line here, we are accepting of people who want to come in in any, um, with any goal of project professional. So what do you need to do? Just reach out to me via email, beingabizanalyst at gmail.com. So being a biz analyst is all one word. There's no spaces, no underscores, no nothing. So being a biz analyst at gmail.com. Send me an email. Tell me that you heard about me on Anchor and that you're interested in the course for potential to first steps. Thanks very much and have an amazing day. Thank you for joining me, Adam Hessler, from Being a Biz Analyst for another Biz Analyst moment. I hope you enjoyed today's moment. I know I did. These are the moments of our careers.